Hey guys, it's Tizzy Time, and welcome to the fifth anniversary, but also the season four, season four, season four finale. And I did not mean to repeat that that many times. It just sounded good. So we're going to keep it. Wait, welcome, guys. I'm so excited to be doing my last podcast of season four not forever never forever um but also been you know the consistency uh, i can't even say words the consistency of doing it for um five years like guys i remember my humble beginnings just saying in like 2018 like guys um to my friends destiny and alexis like i want to start a podcast like guys like what should I do and they were both like very supportive of me starting this podcast like they were my first guests for at least my first like six to eight podcasts like they were on every episode and we would just get into it and I loved it um but also they would borrow the mic for me when I would forget to go get at the library they would take it out and like it's just so funny five years later sounds so much further down the line i mean five years later sounds crazy but thankful because five years later means i've been doing something i love consistently for the past five years and i am super thankful for it um you know regardless of the support i get regardless of the support i don't get regardless of me telling everybody like come be on a podcast and nobody getting on or me telling people I don't want them to be on a podcast and they're like I want to be on a podcast um I just want to say that I'm just grateful that you know I can keep pushing because like a lot of people especially in like the toxic podcast climate right now a lot of people will you know support what what is the point shit tell like I have to get to the point because I'm not even trying to figure out what I'm, the point here is but <laughs> and this is me trying to like get stuff done on the fly last minute as usual but the point I'm making is in this about the support the non-support etc the main point is I get up every day and still do it I mean if zero people listen if a million people listen I'm just supportive of people who support me so I just want to say thank you to everybody who has consistently listened over the past five years or even if it was the past five months five days or you know if you were one of my original guests that you just you know have been following it since I just want to say thank you to you guys because believe it or not you guys pushing and listening to it downloading it saying you want to be a guest just you know even reposting stories on Instagram I just want to say like I really appreciate you guys the feedback you give me like I just I love it and I appreciate it like you know support is free but you know for everyone some people don't even want to support when it's free so when I do see that support I'm thankful for it and I just <laughs> yeah I am but no <laughs> you're so kind thank you everybody but um yeah, let's get into it because I don't want to ramble and rant, even though that's what you guys say you like because it feels like you're on FaceTime with me. But sometimes we got to get to the point. We can't rant all the time. <laughs> so life updates. Life is going well. Um, you know, just living an entrepreneurship dream, but also working a nine to five. So that's fun. 
um, and I've gotten into a new industry, so I'm learning a lot about that. It's really fun. And, you know, there's no limit to my madness. Like, I'm always trying to learn new things, excel in new things. I mean, I'm an Aries. I'm an overachiever. But besides being an Aries, let's not even put it to astrology. I'm a Richardson. Hello, Rich is in the name. Son of Richard. <laughs> Son of Rich. No, I'm just kidding. But, you know, just if you even know me personally, besides any lineage or genealogy or any star signs and moon signs, everybody who knows me knows I go hard and I love being passionate. And, you know, I put my foot in everything I do, even if I'm not consistent. <laughs> Somebody's going to quote me out for that. Like, girl, you got so much on the plate, but you picking at everything. You're not eating at one thing. You eating a little bit of everything. You should be eating a lot of one thing. But, yeah, life is going swimmingly. And I'm thankful for everything. And I know um, in the next two to three years, I'll be on Forbes. You heard it here first. Yeah. So, you know, just trying to work and do what I need to do, not only for the Shantizzy podcast, but many of you know, I also have a social media agency I'm trying to start called 90 Degree Digital, trying to work with some clients, but also push a few friends and family members to get to that entrepreneurship or entrepreneurial side, have that spirit. So I'm working on it, but you know, we'll get there. Um, do I have any other life updates? Nope, I'm just, I'm just me, you know, just trying to be the best at everything. But also, I'm trying to make my mama proud, trying to push generational wealth, trying to vacation every six months versus every year, you know, trying to do something big. And that's the goal at the end of the day. And, you know, if you're in my way, I'm going to push you out my way. I don't need to have any distractions. Just work, 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 work. And consistency. Have to be consistent. Um, but also just talking about, um, spirituality, I feel like in my, in my chapter, in this chapter in my life, I feel like, um, me and my relationship with God and my religion has gotten a lot bit stronger. I definitely have been being tested for sure. And my faith has been being tested, but on a serious note, I just feel like I've been getting closer to God and God has just been showing me the way and has been answering my prayers very consistently just showing me that very similar to if I have to be consistent but you know just showing me what shouldn't be in my way what should be in my way and you know just lead him leading me excuse me on the path I'm supposed to be on so just trying to push a lot more of my faith out and I finally got on to Christian Reels slash Christian Talk and if you guys are not on spiritual talk Christian no well let me not say spiritual talk because that's totally different from Christian talk but if you guys are not on Christian talk please get a video or have somebody send you a video like it engage with it so they could start showing you a lot more of it because that's hilarious I mean I feel like I laugh more and do a like a matter of factly uh, knowledge or have a matter of factly knowledge should I say when I like read stuff about Peter and Paul or when Jesus sees certain things and it has those little like popular sounds under it like it's, it's just gold and yeah like it, it, it also shows that you know you don't have to be so worldly to be funny or to achieve your dreams and that kind of pivots me into what I've been seeing alongside like chasing your dreams and faith um, there was this lady, um, I don't remember her name, but I can always tag it in the bio once I'm, oh, or the blurb, I should say, synopsis, summary, whatever you want to call it. You know, I'm a woman of synonyms, but um, it's this lady who does marketing 
And within her doing marketing, she realized that she needs to be more faith-driven in her marketing. And she actually started doing more marketing-based in, you know, the religion industry, the Christian industry. And it's been a lot more fruitful for her than it has been in, you know, the worldly community. And I feel like that should be a lesson to those who are spiritually inclined or those who may not know what that looks like, um, you know, already or, you know, want to know. But there's so many ways God can put you in favor of what you want. And that kind of pushed me to keep fighting and keep, you know, doing what I love, even when I feel down or depressed or don't feel like I'm giving my 100% in it. Like everything doesn't have to be worldly or you, your industry may not even be worldly. You may be being patient and waiting for your riches and your, you know, your popularity or your following or, you know, for example, and it's supposed to come from, you know, the religious side or the spiritual side more so than the secular and worldly side. And that makes me a lot more patient in what I'm going after because, you know, we may rush as people and be like, I want this God, I want that God. And God is like, girl, I got so much better for you. Like, just relax. Like, you don't have to worry. You don't have to be in this world, shorty. Like, he's not saying it like that, but <laughs> to be God is saying it like that. Like, girl, relax. You don't even know what I got for you. Like, you, you fiending to be over here, and that's not even where I want you. That's not even where you're supposed to be. So hold it down, and, you know, you you praying on this um, G-Wagon. I'm about to get you this Ashton Martin. So, you know, patience is a virtue. That's what, you know, my faith and, you know, increasing my faith has taught me. Um, And... A biblical, I wrote this down in my notes to discuss, but a biblical quote that has been on my mind. And it's sad because I don't have one. It's so sad. Like, I, sh I should have been looking for this before I even started recording. But I get like, um, not sprinkle of Jesus, but you guys remember that? But the Bible sends me, the Bible app sends me like words of the day, quotes of the day. And... Today's word of the day, which I think definitely applies, is casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. And as one Peter, um, first Peter, excuse me, for, um, <laughs> verse five, section seven. You, I'm so bad at like, no, it is, 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 is it chapter five, verses five to seven? Is it? Peter book one, or I'm quoting it wrong, but it's one Peter five to seven. Okay. So if you go in your Bible King James version and look at Peter and go to five <laughs> first Peters, you will find uh, the verse I'm talking about. But I think it definitely applies um, because, you know, God and Jesus, they really look out for us as their children, as their you know, faithful servants. I'm just quoting the Bible. I'm not trying to, because, you know, a lot of black people begin into it like, ah, God went and put us through slavery. And listen, okay, if you read the Bible, <laughs> if you read the freaking Bible, God put the Israelites through so much worse, okay? So let, let us back up for a little bit. I need y'all to go reread Genesis, re, you know, reread Matthew, reread a few books because it definitely applies. But, um, Anyway, as I was saying, um, if you go to that verse, you will be able to see what it says. And I feel like God and Jesus look over us a lot. So I feel like if you place, it says, if you place, basically casting all your care upon him. And when I hear that, I basically think of putting your trust in Jesus, putting your oil into Jesus. Not will basically make him care for you. God cares for you. Jesus cares for you regardless, you know. But what it says is if you trust in him, he will basically push your dreams, you know, or basically push you in the direction you need to be or, or 
are closer to be to him and his word. So I feel like that applies. That's pretty, not funny that it applies because God's word applies when you least expect it. But I just think it's funny that it applies here. And I love that. So I will take that for the quote of the day. Um, but yeah, since we're talking about faith and religion, um, this is like a horrible segue because now I'm talking about the worldly things and what was going on. But I would love to discuss the Met Gala really quick before I get into today's topic, which I will drum roll down the line, but the Met Gala looks. So first and foremost, can I just say Rihanna and ASAP served, served, Rihanna looks so good. I mean, come on, those lashes on the shades, what a hack. I want to steal that this summer, like literally, like definitely have to steal start putting lashes on my frames <laughs> like you know because lashes are irritating when you wear glasses so i think that was really cool um asap was alongside her i really liked his look i really liked the streetwear meets scottish culture look and he did a pretty good job and like look at mom and dad they're so cute right um who else looked really good who slayed oh anne hathaway princess Princess Mia of Genovia. I mean, like, Anne Hathaway is timeless. She never misses. I love Anne. Um, Kendall Jenner, the Jenners, Kylie, Kim, and... Kylie, Kim, and Kendall. Um, they looked, you know, they were on par for what the theme was. I wasn't the biggest fan of Kendall's look. I definitely expect more from the... Expected more, excuse me, from the Kardashian clan. Um, I really like um, Kylie's cover-up that, like pillow jacket samurai kind of look i thought it was really nice um kim looked really nice i really like when she does like a top style you know queen north was there i love north um big fan of north because <laughs> she just you could tell she's just gonna be that it girl when she gets older and i love it um so north looked really nice too um queen lizzo ate as usual as well i really love lizzo look lizzo's look excuse me i love the oversized robe look into the of course um you know night out on a town look to of course the after party look she looked great yara sahidi looked amazing loved her look Haley bailey my aries queen she looked amazing as well um doja cat even though she frightened me and scared the literal shit out of me with that cat realism furry look her and jared leto um you know, it's, I guess it's, you know, couture, honey, but I really wasn't feeling it. It was a, it was a bit scary. And then she started meowing like, girl, I know your name is Doja, but you're sticking too close to the script, love. Um, <laughs> but I love Doja. I do like, uh, Doja is such an era. And I was a fan when she came out on YouTube. So yeah, we, we really rocking with Doja. Um, who else am I thinking about? Who was at the Met Gala? Who else am I missing? Precious Lee. She looked really great. Um, Donatella Versace looked amazing as well. Um, I feel like I'm missing somebody. I really, even though it was kind of like a dress down for me, I really liked um, Gabby and D-Wade's look. It really looked, I liked it. It was different. You know, something I would wear, honestly, if I was going out and wanted to look hot couture. Um, who else was there that looked really nice? I like Jenna Ortega's look, Tiana Taylor Slade, and I love that she stayed true to theme. She really paid a ode to Carl Lagerfeld, and it looked great. Um, I feel like I'm missing some people. Whoever came in with, um, the creative director of Balmain, uh, Olivier Roosting, I forgot his name, but who had, um, 
basically the tail with the Carl Lagerfeld on it. That was a great look as well. I'm trying to think. I feel like I'm missing so many people that I didn't get. Um, ultimately, I feel like I went over everybody. Everybody ultimately looked great. It gave couture very much. I, 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 but I was really sad I didn't get to see Queen B at the festivities, didn't get to see Zendaya, didn't get to see Nicki Minaj. Oh my gosh, I almost forgot. I love Cardi's look too. How can I forget about Cardi? I love like the 1960s Austin Powers hair kind of look, like the flower power look. And I love, what I really love more than her second look, even though I love the dress, maybe it just um the whole look together I don't know I felt like something was off but that first look she did oh my gosh I think she was wearing pink and I think um I forgot who made the dress but I think Cardi looked amazing in that first look oh my gosh the second look she killed too but I just feel like maybe the hair was too big I don't know it was something but you know I didn't get to see a lot of our faves there and it kind of broke my heart we also didn't get to see Offset with Cardi like is it a solo invite like where's Offset we missed you um, cause I love her and Offset together. I think they have such like a chemistry and I love seeing them on camera, like real husband, wife, mom, and dad. I love it. Um, I'm trying to think who else should have been there that wasn't there. Um, I don't even know. I feel like there's a few people who Miss Wintour has to invite that they didn't. Um, but you know, in time. Oh my gosh, how did I forget? P. Diddy and Carisha, they killed, they slayed. Oh my gosh, Young Miami looked amazing. Like, it was giving everything it needed to give. See, I told you I was missing somebody. And I really liked Diddy's look. I really liked the ruffles and lace kind of look. And somebody had quoted that if they did um, ruffles and lace as a man, they would do it like Diddy. And he really gave like a hyper-masculine slash I'm king of the court look with that black lace and... Um, lace and like floral or ruffle design he looked great everybody ultimately looked really nice and i look forward to the met gala every year because i really love to see the looks maybe one year i can be a correspondent and i hit me up um <laughs> but i would really love to like you know do a little interview or two and you know who else looked really nice and i keep coming back to you know who else because it keeps popping in my head but penelope cruz looked great and so does sama hayek i mean oh my gosh i really love anything sama hayek does she's just she's like that aunt like you know like i had auntie sama like she she killed i really loved all the looks but Pushing into, of course, hyper fashion and ultimately looking for a look or, you know, trying to maintain a look or, you know, be with the masses and not be with the masses, but be with the 1% and try to look elite. That ties into today's topic, which is drum roll, please. Mental health, mental health. Um, and I kind of, <laughs> I don't want to sound serious and I don't want to laugh, but you know, it's something that is really important and something that we as people need to be willing to discuss. So, um, I want to tie it into, of, of course, still talking about trendy things. Well, not really trendy, but trendy as far as like what's happening now or what's current in the news and what happened i don't know if a lot of you guys know but a young man was just killed on the new york city subway after being put in a chokehold for 15 minutes by an army vet um and first and foremost i just want to give a moment of silence to that family who had to lose someone unfortunately and then i'll go into what i wanted to speak about so moment of silence 
crying for the family right now. Um, but basically, what occurred during that narrative, if no one heard, was a young man, and I, I, I really want to quote his name correct. I don't want to just say a young man um, because I feel like his story should definitely be discussed. But basically, a young man, his name was Jordan Neely, um, was choked to death um, after getting on a subway and complaining about being hungry and tired and, you know, just ultimately having to fight poverty and homelessness in New York City. Um, during this time, they said that he had, you know, mental health issues. He had been fighting it for some time, but a lot of people that know Jordan Neely used to be a street performer in New York. So a couple years ago, he used to be, of course, one of the acts rather on 42nd Street or in the subway. And, you know, he found some popularity and fame from that. But of course, like life hits everybody. Life hit Jordan pretty hard, I'm assuming. And, you know, of course, when life hits, it's a lot for some people and for others, it can be, you know, easy, but we still have to have grace when, you know, discussing people's traumas or, you know, their season or their challenges at the moment. So basically, um, basically what happened was that Jordan Neely and a 24-year-old Marine vet named Daniel Penny were on an F train in lower Manhattan when Jordan got on to the car of the train and basically started screaming, like I said, about being hungry and homelessness, just frustration with the net. And of course, in New York, if you're a native New Yorker, um, you see homelessness and poverty a lot, especially within a subway. And a lot of people, very similar to me, ignore it or don't like to get contact with it because we never know the mental stability of the person. So, um, due to what I'm hearing through news and news sources are that Jordan began to get a little disruptive and ultimately a few passengers or strap hangers were fearful of their life. So one thing led to another and it led to the Marine veteran Daniel Perry putting uh, Jordan Neely in a chokehold. Unfortunately, that chokehold was held for 15 minutes and he unfortunately passed away. Um, reports came in earlier this week and the medical examiner said he died by homicide through to, of course, a choked airway. Unfortunately, um, two people, two New York natives, lives are about to change due to social issues that we as people are not beyond understanding, but beyond comprehending to find the, the ideal assistance for. So like I stated earlier before telling the story, Jordan Neely, based on family accounts and news sources, he faced mental health um, instability. He had mental health issues. And very similarly to Jordan, so did the Marine vet of earlier reports that said the Marine vet also had mental health issues. So it poses the question for me, not only as someone who has their own, you know, battles with mental health, um, as we all do as human beings, um, whether we address it or not, or whether we know or not. But very similar to me and other people in this world who have mental health issues or may have, you know, may deal with those mental health issues, resources or proper help wasn't issued at the time. And unfortunately, it led to one man losing his life and another man possibly losing his as well. Um, me personally, as a person, I don't think jail is rehab. Um, regardless of the stigma of what occurs, whether that be assault, whether that be murder, I feel like jails in America, especially with the background and the stigma of being or selling black men, for lack of a better term, into a private industrial complex, I'm not the biggest fan of, 
you know, jail or prisons or the prison industry. However, when we feel like we as civilians can take matters into our own hands and not only put hands on someone else, but try to become a solution for a problem that we don't comprehend or don't ultimately know or even battle ourselves, but we don't have the proper resources. I feel like that was wrong on the end of the strap hangers. Um, ultimately, we as people, um, me personally, I am very good with an eye of knowing when it's time to go or when it's time to uh, you know, of course, cut myself from that situation. And unfortunately, in New York, that's a stigma we have to face, but it's a stigma that saved a lot of lives, right? Um, just ultimately minding our business. Um, could Jordan Neely's life could have been spared if people mind their business? Absolutely. But in the same instance, um, as far as the strap hangers go, they could have thought their life was in danger. So it's a sad situation all around, but it's also very disgusting because New York has had a stigma with mental health since I've been a kid and I'm almost 30. So I just feel like we as New Yorkers, we as New York State, we as the Department of Social Services, Department of Health, whatever have you, whoever is, you know, the resources or the people who tend aid or give aid to those with mental health issues, where was the aid and resources then? Um, and more so to his family as well. Um, why weren't they helped? Or if they were being helped, what is the overload that they may have faced dealing with someone who has mental health issues? Um, you guys ponder on that because <laughs> I don't even have the questions for that. None of us, I mean, excuse me, the answers for that, none of us do. But it ties into my question of the day today, which is, how do we in our community, because Jordan Neely was a black man, unfortunately, I'm not unfortunate that he was black, but it's unfortunate that another black man had to, you know, of course, get his life taken um, too soon by the deflection of the government and the deflection of society. Um, but more importantly, the question I have before I get railroaded, because I'm very passionate about that topic, um, before I get railroaded, what sources or what aid do you feel can aid people with mental health issues? And what does mental health ultimately look like, right? Is depression a person crying or is depression a person smiling? What stigmas differentiate mental instability or mental health issues? What ultimately is mental health? And how do we know if our mental health is declining or if it's inclining? And hopefully today I can answer a few of these questions on my own personal experience with mental health, but also answering some questions that you guys sent me in or some prompts you had me go forward to talk about today. So, of course, the first topic of the mental health debate, of course, is the stigma of mental health. And what I understand as a black woman, because I can only speak from my experience, right? As a black woman, I feel like we always have to be strong. I feel like that's a stigma that's put on black women. We have to be strong. We have to put people on our backs, whether that be the black man, whether that be the white woman, whether that be the white man, what have you. For centuries, black women are told to be strong. Black women are told not to be angry. Black women are only supposed to have two emotions, and that's strength and happiness. And why I say happiness as a feeling, even though we may not feel it, is because we're just supposed to be happy. We're never allowed to be angry. We're not allowed to show discomfort. Hell, we're not even allowed to be loud, because when we're loud and really passionate about something, it um, orchestrates or is communicated as anger. And I feel like 
that's the stigma I received as a black woman. Or when I'm excited about something or really happy or having a good time with my friends, instead of being looked at as like a woman who is drunk or a woman who is enjoying herself a little too too heavily or versus mildly, mildly, excuse me, I'm looked at as, as you know, for lack of better term, stereotypical Shaniqua and her friends, um, which ultimately is not what we want to be looked at, correct? So that's just a stigma we have as black women. But what the stigma, where the stigma, excuse me, ties into mental health is, is anyone asking a black woman how they feel about having to hold the whole world on their back? How does it feel as a black woman to have to go to school, have to be a mother, have to be a wife? Like, let's discuss the stigmas that are on about black women on social media. I can tell you the first stigma right now. We are on welfare. We are only baby carriers. We're single mothers. We're ghetto ratchet queens. These are just things we see on platforms like TikTok, Instagram. I mean, come on. Every time we defend something in our nature or we're talking about the black experience, we're being told we're victims. We're being told that, you know, everybody goes through something. We're being told if we just work hard, we won't have to face certain racial identities or racial issues that we may face now. And it's like, how can we get this feedback when we're the highest rate in graduating women? How can we get this feedback when we're the highest rate of entrepreneurs for the past three years? How are we getting a stigma when we're becoming the first, um, the highest demographic and homeowners in um, realty and, uh, you know, home ownership? How are we getting these stigmas alongside working hard? And why do we get these stigmas? You know, why are we being told we're bougie when we want to wear designer and look good? Why are we being called hood rats when we want to save our money and ultimately want to go to Rainbow and other stores? Why is this the stigma, excuse me, a black, again, excuse me, because I'm about to make a point and I'm <laughs> tongue twisted over my words. But why do we as black women always have to get a stigma when we're happy? It's a stigma when we're sad. It's a stigma when we're upset. It's a stigma. Does anybody ask black women how that feels mentally after a long day? You know, we, we have to be the caregivers and we have been for generations. Let's push it back to days when we were in chattel slavery. We were the ma the mammies. We were, God forbid, well, not even God forbid, because it's true. We were losing our babies to skinning and alligator bait. I mean, we were cooking. We were tending to not only the homes we had to maintain amongst the field, but tending to our master's home as well. Fast forward, let's say 50, 60 years when we're on the front lines alongside our men at the civil rights movement. When do black women get a break? When do we get to be unauthentically happy? When do we get to push and not have, you know, a million eyes looking at us, not only from our own community, but outside communities as well? Why are we the standard? Why do we have to be under the microscope? And that's just a stigma I face as a black woman. But overall, my stigma as a black woman also plays into this. Has anybody as a black American or even an African American have to deal with being told that even though you feel sad or you're upset or you may not feel, be feeling your most strongest mentally, that, you know, therapy is something that may not ideally work? Or, you know, talking to God is first before going to heal yourself should it be deeper than a moment. Um, why do we have that stigma in the community? Why is when a child is communicating or crying out for help, it's either looked at as disrespectful or something is wrong with your child to the point of, you know, disownment or um, banishment, you know? Um, 
a lot of things I've seen in a black community when someone is facing a stigma. And this is not all true. This is just, you know, my experience. I'm sure there are black people who are okay with having mentally ill or, um, you know, say, for example, autistic children. But that's a stigma in the community, too. Um, my personal experience, I remember I was a young kid and the doctor said I may suffer from ADHD. At the time, that was something that was unheard of. Um, for me personally, but for anyone in the black community, because you hear certain things that people deal with and you push it off to another community because you feel like that's not something you could ever, you know, fathom because in your community, it's not talked about. Nobody has ADHD. Nobody has bipolar disorder. Nobody has OCD. That was looked at as like you were crazy or you were, you were for lack of a better term I don't even like to use the term crazy because not everybody's crazy you know but like basically it was looked at as like no it's nothing wrong with you you're fine but now being adults you're realizing that ADHD is now high functioning as an adult and when you can't stay on task for more than one thing or you're veering off conversations and having millions of conversations in one it can actually be a symptom of something bigger or for example if you can't see things crooked or you have to have things in a certain place how how it ties into obsessive compulsive disorder and you don't realize that that may be a symptom of um of course, OCD. But then there's even deeper stigmas. Now there's borderline personality disorder. There's schizophrenia. There's deeper, um, you know, developments or deeper um, disorders that people don't talk about. And we can be regular people, be high functioning, because people think when you have disorders like that, it leads to you being erratic. It leads to you being sad all the time. It leads to you not being your, per you know, being yourself authentically. But that's not true. I've seen some of the most depressed people smile. I've seen some of the happiest people frown. So ultimately, that makes me question the stigma as well. Like, what does a person who's depressed look like? What does a person with OCD look like? What does a person with ADHD look like? And is it still standing or still under the marker or the symptoms still under the marker that they were 30 years ago, 40 years ago, even 10 years ago? You know, right? Because research is always progressing, but it poses the question of what's next? You know, like how do we, if we are unsure of a diagnosis or if we are sure of a diagnosis and we have to of course, live life with these disorders, how do we continue to be functioning, right? So that's a few questions that have to deal with the mental health stigma. And then it kind of ties into my point as mental health is in the black community too. And I'm going to poll it once I finish recording, but what's a stigma you've heard in the black community as far as mental health goes that you kind of was hesitant about? Like say, for example, like, oh, it's nothing wrong with you. Prayer will fix it. Or you, you depressed, go wash them dishes. I bet you will be thankful for what you have. And, you know, just of course, um, throwing depression to the side or making it seem like something that's unfathomable please like let me know i'm gonna put a few prompts and like you just vote which one you've heard before if this is a, a true stigma to you like has it been put on a back burner when you were of course expressing yourself or you know realizing that it may be something deeper than just a bad day um and then of course um just tying into of course mental health because i want to of course give some facts, but also give some um, resources for people who may be struggling and don't know where the first resource can come from. So first and foremost, too, I also want to say um, happy Mental Health Awareness Month. May, if you guys did not know, is Mental Health Awareness Month. 
Um, if you are unsure on where to find resources, social media is a great place to look, but also Google is another great place to look. I'm going to drop a few phone numbers and of course a few resources where people can go get help should they be unsure of where they can find help from. And it's nothing wrong with asking for help. If anything, I feel like if you're a person who, who asks for help, you're sure of yourself because when you just go do without any assistance or try to handle it yourself, I'm not saying that's wrong. I mean, we all try that as humans, right? We're imperfect. But I feel like going to go be a person, excuse me, to go for help, that is you being your strongest because you know something is wrong and you know there's a problem and you may not know how to do it yourself. So a few mental health facts. And this is for, um, excuse me, this is from the Centers for Disease Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, so the CDC. Um, just a little background, they ask, what is mental health? So according to the CDC, mental health includes our emotional, psychological, and social well-being. It affects how we think, feel, and act. It also helps determine how we handle stress, relate to others, and make healthy choices, right? Because people don't realize mental health can also lead to physical health. If we're not feeling our best mentally, we can ultimately be not feeling our best physically and so on and so forth. So we have to make sure our mental is right, just like we have to make sure our bodies are right, because our mental is a part of our bodies, right? And they actually tie into that, that mental health is important at every stage of life. That includes childhood, adolescence, and adulthood. So please don't feel ashamed if you're unsure as a 40-year-old versus a four-year-old. It's never too late to go get help or try to figure out what the issue is should it just be, again, more than a bad day. Um, and it ties in again, why is mental health important for overall health? Because mental and physical health are equally important components of overall health, right? Um, so, how common are mental illnesses? The CDC reports that one in five adults live with a mental illness and that one in five, over one through five, oh, oh excuse me, over one in five in youth, which are ages 13 to 18, that either some point during their life they had a serious debilitating mental illness. So it's saying ages 13 to 18, either currently or at some point during their life, have had a serious debilitating mental illness. The youth guys. And think about how much social media has progressed from us, you know, just being on AIM at one point, to now, where everything is filters, everything is image, everything is likes, everything is engagement. If people don't engage with me or reach me, I don't feel important. So it just it just kind of shows how even when we were young, because me personally, I've had, you know, experiences with bullying and bullying, especially as a kid who is a bit bigger than other kids can definitely put a strain on your mental health. Um, I really just want to thank God for not only myself, but movies and resources and family who made me feel my most confident because a lot of people always go, oh, Chantel, you're so confident. How did you reach this confidence? And it's like, you know, I wasn't always confident. Like, you know, um, I was really sad as a, as a teenager because I always felt like I wasn't skinny enough to be around my certain friends. It, it tied into how I would eat and do certain things physically. Um, it also made me like push harder and strain myself because I wanted to be skinny like my friends, but it also put a lot into my body dysmorphia. It made me feel like I wasn't pretty enough or cool enough to be around my friends. And I kind of felt like the Duff. Yeah, you guys remember that movie, The Duff? Designated Ugly Fat Friend? That's what I kind of like got from that. And it made it even worse because The Duff came out when I was like 16, 17. So it really put a lot of shit into 
<laughs> consideration for me. But even like certain stigmas like that, people don't realize how bullying, whether it be cyberbullying or in-person bullying, affects so many people. And I want to use my own personal experience within this podcast because a lot of people don't realize how bullying is very detrimental to one's mental health. And especially now in this time where images everything. So I'm kind of thankful that I didn't have to be taking pictures and look a certain way or have a certain bag on social media then because oh man like I I feel like I really would have went through it like it would have been something that you know unfortunately somebody wouldn't be able to talk me out of because I wouldn't be wanting to hear anything I'd be so consumed on social I'd be like listen girl f the real world on Instagram they're telling me I'm not cute enough so it just shows how much you know can affect a certain stigma of mental health um but reasons or ways that mental illness can be um, caused are, of course, PTSD. A lot of people don't talk about the stress of certain things that may be traumatic on people. Um, Again, what they use was adverse childhood experience, such as trauma or history of abuse. Um, And that could be child abuse, sexual assault, or even witnessing violence. So think about that in the kids who grew up in poverty. Um, For the people who are always on TikTok talking about, what about the hood, black on black crime? So mental illness doesn't exist, but black on black crime does. And if black on black crime does, what is it doing to these kids mentally that they can't, you know, live amongst their neighborhoods and happiness because they should be looking over their shoulder because blacks are just killing each other. Um, (laughs) And I didn't mean to do that voice, but, you know, that's how they be talking on TikTok. But ask yourself what experience that young kids in the hood are experiencing whether that be a fight or having to fight to get out of that environment or just god forbid seeing someone get shot or unalived in front of their face someone get assaulted in front of that face what does that do to that child's mental you know what i'm saying so it's just like a lot of contradictory counterproductive arguments that i'm trying to show the contradictory nature in but this is what causes mental illness then of course biological factors chemical imbalances of the brain drugs and alcohol are a big factor as well yes drugs and alcohol and then of course feelings of loneliness or isolation i mean as a person who hasn't had moments where they feel super lonely i mean we all do you know that's what for me (laughs) music is more or a good netflix binge but for some people loneliness can be it doesn't even have to be just sitting home alone loneliness could be in a room full of people but feeling alone you know so just certain stigmas that we have to look out for Um, And those were a few facts on mental health, but resources for mental health. um, And I hope they don't start looking at my brows and being like, girls, everything okay? (laughs) Because it will. And I found out that um, for New York example, because I'm going to click them first, the um, benefits they have at the, um, oh, the New York, um, the website newyork.gov is that they have many um, behavioral health services. Excuse me, I'm about to say sciences. Behavioral health services. And what's great about New York is that they do allow insurance to cover a lot of these behavioral health services. And then, of course, um, they also have platforms such as CHAMP, which is the Community Health Access to Addiction and Mental Health Care Project, um, of course, which is done through a health insurance ombudsman program. And then, of course, they have other training, uh, other training um, or virtual trainings that the health department offers, whether for community members or healthcare workers. And of course, additional resources that they 
try to tell, um, not try to tell, but let um, consumers know or users of the internet know that they have the Legal Action Center, which provides education support and free legal services for people living in New York who have addiction disorders. They have the Community Service Society who help New Yorkers get, keep, and make better use of their health insurance. Of course, they have the New York State Office of the Attorney General Healthcare Bureau, the New York State Office of Mental Health Parity Enforcement, and then of course the Kennedy Forum, which is a nonprofit organization that has developed education education resources and guides to educate consumers about their rights. So they do have a few resources for people living in New York, which is great. Um, and I love that. And they also give a few um, publications that people can access themselves to learn more about what mental health looks like, which I think is amazing. Um, and then, of course, we have to boogie on over to the National Institute of Mental Health. Of course, they have the Suicide and Crisis Hotline, which you can call or text 988. Um, of course, they also have a text chat as well. So depending on which option you need to use for help or resources, you have those. Then, of course, they have the Veterans Crisis Hotline for those um, dealing with, um, of course, um, those who need resources as a veteran, excuse me, um, they have the disaster distress helpline and then, of course, providers for those who may need individual help or want to go on a longer stigma to, you know, receiving aid. So there are a few um, hotlines. Then, of course, the Substance Abuse um, and Mental Health Service Administration has a, a phone number, of course, which is 1-800-662-HELP. Um, again, that's 1-800-662-4357, should you not have, of course, the alphabetical keypad on your phone. So, you know, there's a few platforms that can aid not only Americans, but New Yorkers as well in their fight against, you know, say, for example, mental health issues or, you know, just ultimately wanting to get out of this bad bubble they may feel in. And, of course, we've all been there. Um, as far as like being having a bad day or feeling like they're in a bad bubble. But some people may feel like that bubble is forever. And who are we as people to judge, you know, people's, you know, their um their journey into, of course, getting better mentally and whatever that looks like for them. Um, so jumping into that, and I know I'm jumping all over the place, but I just don't want to prolong because mental health is such a broad topic. I could be here talking for two hours and I'm already almost 50 minutes in. And I said, I would not make this last podcast long. I will most likely make it an hour and 15. So we're coming up on that 30 minute mark where I don't want to go over. And there's still a few questions I need to ask and to talk about what's coming up next for season five. Like we have to do it big this year, but okay. Jumping into um, a few things, I want to, of course, talk about the stigma of feelings versus facts. A quick quote I use to help myself decipher when I'm being a bit judgmental as a, a person or when I have to realize that everything is not about certainty or about surety. So what I like to tell people on the stigma of feelings versus facts, that feelings can't be right or wrong, right? Feeling is how you feel. So if I'm feeling sad and somebody's like, oh, you're wrong for feeling sad. How am I wrong for feeling? You know, it's, it's my emotion. Regardless of how you look at it as a person or regardless of how it's reciprocated or processed, we have to remember that feelings are not facts. So if I'm sad, it doesn't ultimately mean I'm sad. Maybe I just don't like the smell I'm around. Or if we are definitely happy, does that communicate us being happy in real life? So let's not use facts as right or wrong, accurate or wrong. Um, um, for example, 
definite or detriment like you know like just let us have feelings we as people need to have grace with people with feelings and not ultimately tell people how they should feel just let people feel and i feel like that's important for us to do as human beings just let people feel stop telling them how to feel just let them feel and then have a communicate have a communication <laughs> have a conversation with them after on how you felt and what that felt like for you and you know have a conversation without being defensive but also without calling people out for feelings that's what we need to learn and then that piggybacks into our questions for season four finale are you guys ready okay let me jump right into the questions if i can find them which is crazy because i literally just had them i literally just had them where are you okay so question number one and if you realize your question let me shout you out like put your question in the comments and i'm gonna you know talk about it <laughs> now i'm totally joking but um i'm just going to be going forward and discussing the questions i received um i don't remember what e who asked me each question so i can't even sit there and do what i said i was just gonna do like i'll tag them in the comments but if you remember your question just comment and let me know what you thought of my response so the first question I got, which I think ties into mental health, but it's also something that ties into the Shantizzy podcast overall, is what is the question is, what pushes you to keep up with your podcast? And honestly, um, I think that's a great question. But what pushes you what pushes me to keep up with my podcast is just the passion I have for it. I love doing it. I love I love talking. I love giving people my opinions, whether it's solicited or unsolicited. I'm gonna tell you how I feel very much blunt. Um, no, just joking. But what pushes me to keep going with my podcast is just the passion, like I said, the passion I have for it, but also just knowing that this is something that I've been doing for some time and it's something that I could, I pray that I can continue doing. I love that I jumped on this medium and not only used it to show why we need virtual options at, um, before the pandemic, like quote me, I was in research journals, y'all, but no, <laughs> but what pushes me to keep going with my podcast is that it just allows me to be my my best self unauthentically and i love that about having a podcast i also love that i don't have to show my face and i could you know be like you know cute like they say i have a face for radio totally joking but <laughs> you know sometimes like they might be like oh she sound kind of good and you know then when they see my face they're not disappointed so it's like you know like oh okay she look good and sound good or maybe she sound good but maybe the look is not there i don't know what people think um <laughs> it's not my business but that's what pushes me to keep going just my love for it and you know hopefully one day have the option to interview drake and you know when i do like remember me remember remember who said it you know but <laughs> yeah that's what pushes me just being able to be silly and hear people give me feedback about like me doing it and bringing them joy i love to hear that you know and if i bring you so much joy jump on a podcast duh um the second question is very similar to the first but a little bit more in depth it's how do you find a motivation to keep going when you are beat down and have no energy Ooh, that's a great question Honestly, I'm not consistent, so I'm not even going to say I find motivation. Um, I guess my motivation is not wanting to be stagnant um, and just knowing that I want so much for myself that it pushes me to do the things I love a little bit harder because, hey, why not get money off of something I love to do versus getting money off of something I'm doing just for money, right? 
So the motivation that pushes me is just knowing that it's something I love to do. It's something that I can continue to do for years to come. And it's something that can bring me lots of money and, you know, lots of assistance to those who listen to my podcast, whether it be through a joke, whether it be through a quote I said unknowingly, or whether it just be my friendly voice on the airwaves once they listen, like, that's the motivation for me, just to myself. I'm the motivation. What I find, how I find it is I get up every morning and say, hey, I'm not rich enough yet. So that's the motivation. Um, And when I'm beat down and I have no energy, um, honestly, that's been a feeling that's been recurring since I'm still not rich yet. So I guess that when I'm beat down and have no energy, that's when I'm most lively because I feel like, hey, I'm beat down and have no energy because I'm not where I need to be. So I need to get the hell up and work on it. So, yeah. Um, and then a the third question I got was, why is life so hard? That's a really great question, but it's also very vague. But it's a great question because it's like a vague, in-depth question. Why is life so hard? Life is kind of hard because... You know, nothing worth having comes easy, and I really believe in that. I mean, there's been this push of getting what I want from young. Like, that's what my parents have always instilled in me. Like, chase your dreams, go for what you want, Um, you know, be passionate about what you do. And I feel like what I want to do in this life and what I want for myself, life has to be hard for me. Because if it's easy, then I won't get to where I need to be. I'll be stagnant and I'll be okay. And stagnation is something that I literally am allergic to. Like, I knew when I was like 10, 11, I'm like, I don't want to work a regular nine to five job. I don't want to come home every weekend to be with kids. I don't want to drive the same car. Uh, and that's, that's no, no, no disrespect to anybody because that may bring real joy in people and people love that. And that's nothing wrong with that. I, having a regular home and... And why am I saying a regular, like, I got to stop saying that, but having a home, having kids, having family, having that aesthetic is a blessing, but I just always knew I wanted more, um, as far as like me personally. So I feel like my life and, and I'm speaking on me only, my life is so hard because what I want doesn't come easy. So that's why I feel like life is hard. Why life may be hard for other people is because, you know, it may be something you want out there that you feel like you're not getting yet. So that could be why life is hard for you. Life could be hard because you're stuck in a certain place at your job and you love your job, but you want to be high. Like life is hard based on what you want or what God is telling you to stay away from. I believe that very heavily. Life could be hard because you're just not getting God's lesson or grasping what he wants you to grasp. Or life could be hard because you're making it hard. You know, we have to find simplicity and happiness in the simple things. So I feel like gratitude goes a long way. Um, number four, why the more levels, the more devils? And I feel like that ties into my answer in the last question. I feel like the more levels, the more devils. You have to be appreciative of every level you get. Like a lot of people feel like success is just this even playing field. Like, all right, I work, I become successful. No, success is like a, 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 a anarchist <laughs> freaking um ladder and it's like spikes on one level it's like a booby trap one level i feel like the life gets harder when you're supposed to be more appreciative i feel like the higher you go and the more that is attacking you is because you're on your right path you need to be doing what you need to do and that's why the devil is trying to sway you or people are trying to persuade persuade you from not doing it i mean think about it if there's 90 million other people trying to get a piece of cake you think those 90 90 million um, 89 million other people are going to make it easy for you you know what I'm saying? So it's like 
look at God's protection for you as the same way. Like if he's not trying to, if it's so hard for you to go get that piece of cake, maybe it's not meant for you to have that cake. Or if it's simple for you to get that cake, even though you go through trials and tribulations, like you may have broke your leg trying to run to the cake. You may have had to push somebody down to get the cake. But ultimately, if you get that cake, that can be your path for you. So I feel like the higher you go, the harder it gets because it's either that you're supposed to have it or you're not. So time will tell and God will tell you before time will. So <laughs> number five. If God is blessing me and I am elevating, why are these snakes elevated with me? And I feel like that's very similar to the question before, but I also feel like it's a good marker for what I'm about to say. I feel like God needs to test all of his children. If God gave us everything that we needed to have or we wanted per se, like let's let's go for our our own you know our own knowledge if we get everything god gives us what's the point of praising him what's the point of thanking him if we get it you know what we want we become more spoiled it's like a kid if you keep giving a kid a lollipop a lollipop a lollipop and then you have no lollipop and you tell him no how is that kid gonna react so think about the same way that God looks for you. All right, I got them to this level. If they really want it and they're really hungry and they really want to maintain it, I'm going to put things in a way to make sure that they're really passionate and want to maintain it. You get what I'm saying? Like, fight for it. So that's why I look at it like that. God is basically telling you to fight for it. And my last question, um, before I get into some prompts that people kind of like commented more so than in question form, um, we can go into that. But the last question is, what do you do to maintain or improve your mental health? So right now, what I do to maintain my mental health or improve it is just, of course, be gracious and um, gracious. Be grateful for the small things, but also be grateful for life. Like, you know, I'm so appreciative I get to get up every morning and breathe breath into my lungs, walk, blink my eyes, be able to jump on the phone. Like, two of the most things I feel like are underrated in this life is waking up in the morning and being able to be full body and moving, but also driving and getting where you need to go. And I feel like those are two important very things that people are not thankful for enough. Like I get up every morning and just thank God. I'm, I'm, and I'm going to be honest. Sometimes I forget. Sometimes I jump on my phone first. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry, God. Like, thank you for waking me up this morning. But one thing I will always do is thank God for waking me up, thank God for allowing me to lay down in my bed, but also thanking God for getting me from one place to the other. And I feel like that maintains my mental health, just being able to be thankful for the small things. But also I love doing makeup. Makeup has makeup kind of started as like my like piece, but I'm not doing makeup as much these days. So I feel like what's really been improving my mental health or pushing me to be a lot more happier or comfortable in my current situation is vlogging doing what i do for tizzy talks 90 degree digital my marketing platform but also the podcast i feel like just doing what i'm passionate about has been keeping me very happy and very interested in what i do so i'm very thankful for that and then i'm also about to jump on skincare i'll be seeing the skincare girlies and the amazon ordering girlies just you know revamping a room on a tuesday doing a whole skincare routine 10 step you know program an hour after they got in from the club and i that kind of inspired me like girl i should have clear skin <laughs> and a 20 dollar air fryer too air frying in bed but um, those are some things I like to would like to explore, excuse me. But also what I wanted to get into is um, getting into the essence of, um, what was I just about to say? It wasn't vlogging. It wasn't influencer. I forgot what I was going to say. Um, oh, shopping. Yes. So I feel like doing shopping days have been what has been maintaining. I love to shop. <laughs> I love to spend money. But um, that has always 
you know, retail therapy has always been something that helps me. I'm actually going retail therapy in tomorrow, so that works for me. Um, so yeah, those were the questions. I hope I answered to the best of my ability from my point of view. I'm not a doctor yet. Um, <laughs> so please don't quote anything I said as, you know, factual. That's just my opinion. Um, and then of course, the next question is, oh, well, it's more of a suggestion. And I got this from someone after I asked them if there was anything they wanted to hear. And I thought it was something that was definitely something that we needed to discuss as people and as employers or employees. But mental health is such a strong stigma in our demographic and in our community. The person asked, like, why don't we talk about how jobs should be considering, considerate of calling out? when we don't feel our most strong mentally. And I thought that was a great idea. I feel like employees should have personal days alongside PTO, like I would say a week of personal time that they can use for when they're not feeling their strongest, like, or when they feel like they are getting into something, like say for example, God forbid you're getting evicted, God forbid you're going through a situation with your partner, God forbid you're getting divorced, God forbid your kid is sick, just any of these issues, God forbid that's not you know, taking, well, not say it's taken, it's not taken, but say, for example, it's taking the biggest toll on you. You get what I'm saying? Shouldn't you have a day where you can decompress and really make sure your mental is right? I mean, me personally, I can't work correctly if I'm, I'm not in my best mind, frame, mind state of frame. So I feel like employers should know that too. But, you know, ultimately, America's all about consumerism. So, if you selling, they buying. I don't care if you upset, depressed, sad, happy, go lucky, whatever you are. Money got to keep moving. Um, but I definitely think that's something employers should think about in the long run, how we as people can go forward and start including some personal days. Um, and then I want to close off the mental health topic with an affirmation that someone sent over to me. And I thought it was a great affirmation, especially something that is not too hard on a person or puts pressure on a person or strives to be um, strives to talk in affirmations and a future uh, a future tense versus a present tense. And I thought this affirmation was great for a present tense present tense because a lot of the times we use affirmations for our future to reflect um to deflect our past but we don't talk enough about present affirmations and an affirmation goes trust me oh one affirmation i would suggest is what the person says is i understand your pain trust me i do i've seen people go from the darkest moments in their life to living a happy fulfilling life you can do it too i believe in you you are not a burden you will never be a burden and i really like those last couple of words about not being a burden because how many times do we as people feel like burden burdens in other people's lives or we feel like life right now is a burden right so I just love that it negates people who feel like burdens or who may feel like they're on the path of being a burden to let them know that everything not everything is not about you but that's what, that's what my partner tells me when I'm feeling like a burden like girl nobody worried about you but on a real note um it's 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 kind of strong words for people who may feel like you know, they are a burden. You're never a burden, especially to the people who love you. You may be annoying or you may be a handful, but a burden, that's something that you should never feel like. And I really thought that was great. I want to thank um, my friend Leah for that affirmation because she shared that with me as her own and I loved it and I had to put it on a podcast. So thanks, Lee. Love ya. Thought it was great. Um, yeah. And then I just really want to jump into... Um, 
Before I jump into that, though, I just want to say I hope you guys enjoyed the topic we spoke about today on the Shantizzy podcast. And please give me some tips that you may use to deal with, you know, the health of your mentality or, you know, your brain health. But also, you know, discuss what, you know, affirmations you may have to get you out of a dark place or what you do to feel your best when your mind is not feeling your best you know i would love to hear from you guys you know and i really wanted a panel for this podcast so we could get other people's point of view but you know life is what we make it and i hope that my feedback and my influence on what i said can kind of help someone or even start the discourse going should you disagree with me on what mental stigma or mental health stigma may look like i love to have debates or love to have open conversations so if you would love to discuss this and you know talk about how this conversation impacted you i'd love to hear that um I also want to say thank you guys for tuning in to the season four finale podcast. I mean, it's so funny. Season two, I did a forum similar to this where I asked questions. And of course, the questions were silly, but I feel like I had a lot more questions during that one. But even though I had a lot more questions than this one, I feel like these questions were a lot more in depth and really toned to the topic. So I appreciate you guys, you know, keeping keeping me on par with what we were talking about today. I love that. Um, and then of course a few updates on next season tizzy talks and 90 degree digital um first and foremost next season i'm really excited um drum roll i'm thinking of doing an entire launch party so of course some gear some t-shirts some mugs some you know some nice promotional items to give out but of course doing a live podcast with a few people of the panel i don't know if i'm going to do an open invite before setting up the event or just pulling people from the crowd we'll see and of course debating some of course hot topics but of course you know getting perspective from a few other people so i'm really excited about that i haven't chose a date yet but it definitely will be held this fall so please mark your calendars and keep your availability open because i'm only going to ask once okay support is free guys um but yes that's what i'm doing on the end of season five and i'm really excited about that but also with my marketing agency 90 degree digital i am holding a class tomorrow should anyone be interested i'm only um inviting eight to ten people i want it to be very small and intimate but basically how you can be successful as a consumer online and that includes content creation branding strategy digital marketing um, communications copywriting and more it's a really in-depth class and i'm charging a small fee like i'm giving at least almost a thousand to two thousand dollars worth of information for a hundred dollars for two classes this week and two weeks from now on may 20th so if you're interested dm me um hit us up on email at contact at 90 degree digital and i definitely think it would be fruitful for all my entrepreneur friends who are out there trying to either start a business or trying to increase their brand awareness or even go forward and have a, a logistic or a, lo- a logical no no it's logistic a logistic strategy um for their camp for any campaigns or any branding or any um say for example strategy which ultimately is for their business brand product or service so that's really exciting um full transparency nobody has joined yet but it's okay you know starbucks got denied 52 times before it became this huge thing where they're making pup cups so i'm gonna take (laughs) take my chances just keep working hard and be consistent and eventually it'll be sold out with millions of people so one day we're patient 
Um, and then last but not least, Tizzy Talks. So I've been doing a lot more reels on my platform than interviewing, and it's kind of sad. It is sad. I should be more consistent with Tizzy Talks. But I'm really excited. If you are interested in being interviewed, please DM me, follow me on Instagram or on Twitter at Tizzy Talks. I'm also on TikTok under Tizzy Talks. That's T-I-Z-Z-Y-T-L-K-S. No A in the talks, just T-L-K-S. Um, but I am looking for people to interview. I also will be going out this summer and focusing a lot more on Tizzy Talks, doing a lot of street interviews, a lot of ballwork interviews, etc. Um, so if you're out there and you're interested and you see me and you want to do a quick interview, please do not be shy. Come up to me and let's make this money. Let's be YouTube famous. There's people out there asking if jewelry is real. I'm trying to see what your dream is and how we could support that. Come on, y'all. Um, but really excited about those things. And... Um, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited. And I'm also thinking of doing for 90 Degree Digital a mixer for, um, of course, brand ambassadors, for influencers, for um, entrepreneurs very soon. I think that'll be more in the winter. But I'm going to do like a small event where I have a networking event where a bunch of creatives in New York can get together and, of course, network like a mixer. So I'm really excited for that as well. And if you're interested in, of course, being a guest at this mixer, please DM me. If you're interested in even going forward and helping me with this mixer, I would love it. I'm really excited about some upcoming things we have for Tizzy Talks, the Shantizzy Podcast, and 90 Degree Digital. Y'all, like, it's, it's really going up this year. Like, that's, that's all I'm going to say. I'm, I'm not going to do too much talking, no long talk, like Drake says. So I'm just really excited for you guys to see, and that's exactly what I want to do is show versus talk. Let's be of service. Let's not try to be seen. Um, and yeah, I'm really excited about that. And that's ultimately it. I hope you guys enjoyed the season four finale. We will be back very soon. I'm about to take a really, not long, but a, a healthy hiatus <laughs> until season five. But the only reason I'm taking a hiatus is because I want this to be perfect. I want this to be streamlined. I want it to be concise. I want it to be consistent. I want it to be something that breaks me from the mold of looking like others. And I have to work and I have to strategize. So I just want to say thank you to you, guys, to you guys for supporting me for the past five years. Thank you for not only being consistent in my journey alongside me, but also pushing me to to record when I didn't want to or didn't feel like this was going anywhere and that I'm just really humble for that and I'm not gonna cry so I wasn't gonna be emotional but I really do appreciate you guys so much you have no clue and with that a goodbye not even a goodbye I'll see you later because I don't like goodbyes goodbyes are too definite I'll see you later to season four three two and one and a hello to season five coming this fall which I will do the release date um, very soon so you guys stay tuned for that and yeah just make sure you guys are catching up on all the episodes I'm on every platform literally I'm on iHeartRadio I'm on Spotify I'm on Amazon Radio I'm on Apple Podcasts so there's no excuse to say oh I didn't hear it Chantel yes you did get on the freaking apps and listen it's only an hour of your time damn it like come on <laughs> but um I'm really excited and again thank you guys and I bid you guys adieu, farewell, adios, goodbye, later, appreciate you guys. Bye.